As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to Football and Grits. The Athletics SEC Football Podcast. It is Wednesday, and that means I'm your host, David Ubbin, joined, as always on Wednesdays, by my co-host, Josh Kendall, the Athletics South Carolina writer. Uh, it's been an interesting 24 hours in college football, Josh. Uh, and I think our number one task today is we have to shame A&M and Ohio State into playing each other, which I think technically is more shaming the Big Ten and the SEC into letting it happen. But that game has got to happen. That would be fantastic. I'm here to make it happen. But you and I both know it will never happen. We saw last week how wonderful it could be. But, you know, we saw it from BYU and Coastal Carolina, who frankly didn't think that they were too good to stoop down to the level of just throwing a game together and seeing what happened. And you know that that's what this comes down to for the Big Ten and the SEC. We don't have to do stuff like that. We're the Big Ten and the SEC. We'll play when we're good and dying ready. When it would be such a great thing for college football. I mean, kids' books and folk tales tell us that hubris eventually catches up with you but you know the SEC and the Big Ten have been riding it for a pretty long time and they don't seem you know it's done them some good so I don't I don't know that this is ever going to backfire on them but wouldn't it be great if they would check themselves just a little bit and say let's go play this football game well that's the thing is is not only is it good for college football but it doesn't require an ounce of benevolence on the part of really anyone so let's look at this so you have texas a&m obviously they're motivated because they're sort of on the outside looking in uh you know it's possible that they could squeeze into the playoff you know with uh ohio state lacking a lot of quality wins i mean they're basically hanging their resume on indiana which okay Right, Uh, you know, and and I think Ohio State probably gets in if they don't play this game. But A and M is obviously motivated. The SEC would have a great opportunity to get two teams in. Your SEC champion and then A and M with a win would obviously guarantee that. And then it gets real complicated in the event that Florida beats Alabama. I don't think you get three teams in, but you basically guarantee yourself two. The SEC should be motivated. A and M should be motivated. From the Ohio State, you know, Specter for one, Ohio State's a better team than Texas A and M. And 
I understand they've got the inside track, but it's going to be embarrassing for the Big Ten and Ohio State if you're going to have this S or this Big Ten championship game featuring Indiana, who obviously you know lost to Ohio State, is not the same caliber of team Ohio State has, and you're just going to sort of put Ohio State in the playoff based mostly on the quality of their roster and their recruiting and not what they actually did. I think Ohio State's probably one of the four best teams this year. They are not the four most deserving, and the playoff committee kind of changes their definition from year to year. So Ohio State would probably still get in, but it would be embarrassing. If you can beat A&M, you shut everyone up. You, if, if Ohio State goes and beats Texas A&M, nobody can say a word. That's a quality win. Uh, you, you've defeated your sort of main um, you know, uh, competition. That game is more impressive than anyone they would have beaten the Big Ten Championship. So even if you don't win the quote-unquote Big Ten Championship, it's kind of like, well, you know, they beat Indiana, they beat Texas A&M, you know, shut up. Ohio State was the best team in the Big Ten. Whatever, but what makes and, you think that is, these people? It is what, not but what makes you think these 10. people aren't capable of embarrassment at this point? I mean, we're so far <laughs> that we're yeah. so far out of that gate. I just don't think. I just I think it comes down to they think it's beneath them, especially if you're Ohio State, because I'm on record here last week as saying not just that they're the inside track. I, they could not, and I, I firmly believe this, Ohio State could not play another football game, and the committee will get them into the playoff. They sure. are not going to risk playing Texas A&M. You're right, though. Greg Sankey ought to be ringing the phone off the hook. Ohio State is not playing that game. Yeah. Uh, I think you're probably right. I don't know that I'd bet my life on it, but I think you're probably right, and that's a shame because, again, look me in the eyes and tell me, that putting Ohio State in the playoff this year is not a lifetime achievement award. But you can't. Is. No, it it's what is. it is. It's what it is. You can watch Ohio State play. So, oh, they've been dominant. They've done all this. Well, you know, BYU's been pretty dominant too. They haven't played very many good teams. You know, Ohio State's schedule is not good. Uh, it's not. Um, and so, you know, they're Ohio State. This is sort of a brand situation. Uh, I'm not saying they don't necessarily deserve it. I think they're certainly one of the four best teams. But you got to prove it. And no, they don't. That's what. That, well, that's, that's the, the point. thing. That's they the problem. That's all a they, fundamental problem in college football. All they have to do year. is be Ohio State. They've checked the box. They're done. I mean, yeah. they, they are Ohio State. They put the sticker on the helmet. They showed up and played a few games, and they're in. They don't have yep. to prove it. And you're right. That is a problem. Mm-hmm. BYU and Coastal Carolina should both get trophies this year just for giving us that game, just for playing that game, jumping through a few extra hoops and play in that game. The Big Ten and the SEC, they're going to get the actual trophies with doing, you know, sticking their necks out less. Yeah. I may just start calling Coastal Carolina the, the 2020 Big 12, or Big Ten champions just out of spite, but we'll see about I like that. it. I, I, I'm, I'm all in. I support you fully in that. I think we should get <laughs> T-shirts made. I'm in for it. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Well, thank you guys for subscribing. Thank you guys for tuning in to today's show. Uh, you should subscribe if you aren't already. Uh, and you can have these shows delivered to whatever device you want from whatever podcast purveyor you choose. And, of course, if you're not subscribed to The Athletic, you should change that. You can do that at theathletic.com slash grits. We've got a great uh, buy one, get one free deal going this week. So if you want to subscribe... Give the gift of sports writing to a, a friend, uh, a family member. Might get a little complicated in terms of putting that under the tree, but you can figure that out. David, uh, we'll David will come. David will come sit beneath your tree. The first person who signs up for the deal, David will come sit beneath your tree on Christmas morning. Right? David? I can neither confirm nor okay. deny that. All right. I guess I shouldn't have committed you to that. No, you put me out there. Uh, but thank you guys for listening. Uh, you can listen to the rest of our uh, podcast this week and on our podcast network. Uh, and of course, we've got a full week of content on our site and on our, uh, our podcast network. So thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, elsewhere across the SEC, Josh, it looks like, unofficially, Eric Gilbert, who I'll tell our listeners, you know, I went down to Marietta last year to do a story on, on Tennessee's recruiting in the area. They brought in Harrison Bailey. They were in the mix. Well, they had a commitment from B.J. Ojolari, who ended up at LSU as well. And then they get Eric Gilbert, who... Tennessee didn't have a great shot at, but it's still in the mix. Anyway, Eric Gilbert was the best of those three guys. He looks like an NFL player playing high school football. He's unbelievable. He's had a pretty good year at LSU. Made some impact. LSU has obviously been a disaster. Now it looks like homesickness, which I'm told is is made worse by losses. Homesickness starting to kick in. And he may be headed out uh, closer to home. You hear lots of talk about Georgia. Tennessee fans are a little bit optimistic, but I don't know what would cause someone to want to voluntarily come to that situation right now if you're transferring and looking for your next spot. Either way, the one thing I think people are overlooking as part of this Derek Gilbert story is as we turn the calendar to 2021, it looks increasingly likely that the one-time transfer rule, which was going to pass this year and didn't because a worldwide, you know, a pandemic locked in, and the NCAA got busy. It's probably going to pass for next year. And I think we are probably sitting in a situation where this may be the first year of the uh, the so-called nightmare scenario of free agency in college football where players can leave and have a one-time transfer and be able to play immediately, which we've seen a little bit of that with um, some of the waiver rules and stuff like that. But this will be the first time that they get that free year. And I think Eric Gilbert may be one of the first test cases for this. What do you make of, of this situation? I think you're right. I think it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, and we won't know for six months probably whether this is a one-off or whether this is just the first drop in what turns out to be a downpour. And, you know, I, I reflexively, and I probably shouldn't, but I, I'm at the point that I reflexively push back against the boilerplate arguments of head coaches in most of these situations because they're always self-serving. Mm-hmm. But 
I am not sure that that's going to be great for college football fans if we see wholesale roster shuffling. Um, I'm not here to say we should restrict player movements when we don't restrict coach movements. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying I'm hopeful that we don't see this become a huge trend. And I and I just don't think we know because I think you're right. I think that, you know, it's a lot harder to be homesick if you're ranked in the top 10. It would be a lot harder to be homesick if you were in a normal college campus environment, I would think. Yes. I mean, you're just – I mean, you wouldn't have time necessarily to be homesick in the norm- – so you've got a pandemic. You've got LSU kind of cratering a perfect storm there but there are going to be perfect storms at other places and there are going to be some kids who are highly recruited who get to college campus and realize that the recruiting process is over and maybe they miss it a little bit and all they're going to have to do is jump into that transfer portal and it's going to be back on because you know eric gilbert's phone is ringing mm-hmm. i mean it, he is going to be a busy fella for the until he figures out where he's going next you know, I feel bad for the the freshmen right now and the the kids who are getting ready to sign, you know, in the next couple of weeks because a lot of these kids that are signing right now haven't been to their campus for, you know, almost a year now. And I think people who aren't as sort of locked into the recruiting aspect of things don't realize how much those visits really help them sort of ease into that transition. You know, you're spending a lot of time with your future teammates. Um, on campus visits you're going out you're going to parties you're hanging out you're around the facility you're around those guys you've got hosts all that stuff that's not happening at all this year and you're getting guys that are going in they're going to be getting to campuses where they don't know kids quite as well maybe you've been texting with them or you know dming on social media or whatever but those bonds are going to be much thinner and i think you're going to see this in the next couple years um become an issue in terms of kids using this transfer. I'm not saying they shouldn't, but I'm just telling you, I think you're going to see more of it. And then, of course, the freshmen that are sitting there in Gilbert's spot, this is not a great college experience. I feel really bad for the freshmen, not only that play football, but just freshmen in college because it's a really fun year, and this is not a fun year, and you don't really get that experience, and you only get that once. And I really do feel bad for, for the class of 2020 that, again, not just football players, but college students in general, that this sort of seminal experience in people's lives is just taken away from them, and that that sucks. Um, but I do think, you know, for a, for a long time, we've heard this sort of straw man argument about quote-unquote free agency in college football, which, first of all, this is not. One-time transfer is not that. But as a, in terms of the college football industrial complex in general, you know, people complain about it at the NBA, but... Uh, level all this switching but interest in the nba offseason has never been higher and i think you're going to see that in college football people dreaming up scenarios uh you know tampering all of these things that might be frustrating for fans but i think will ultimately increase interest in the sport in sort of all these quote-unquote offseason moves it used to kind of just be the, the the coaching carousel well now we're going to add the, the the transfer portal 
So I, I think it will be good for the sport as a whole. It'll be very frustrating for coaches, I'm sure, who sort of have to re-recruit their their roster. Um, but you only get so much sympathy when you get you know, four or five million dollars to coach a kid. So game. so much so, so much uh, so much sympathy that. equals zero in my book. I feel I feel yeah. not at all sorry for them. I just don't, they'll be okay. I just don't want it to be a, a something that robs college football fans of their enjoyment. But you're right. You know, I'm a big NBA fan, and it has not it, it has not taken away from the product for me if anything it's made it a little more interesting um so yeah you 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 make a good argument there i I, i'm certainly not predicting doom and gloom um for college football i'm I'm hopeful that it's a that it's a a small wave and not a tidal wave yeah i mean if you're not going to pay players you know obviously name image and likeness will be coming in if you're not going to pay players though the idea that you can restrict their movement is insane but for the longest time, you know, coaches are the most powerful people in this sport. Um, they're the loudest voices in this sport. And they're the people that are going to be impacted the most negatively by the idea of, quote-unquote, free agency. So, of course, they complain. And they've helped kind of shape that narrative. But it's it's patently unfair. And I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, players getting a little more power, getting a little more, um, you know, for lack of a better term, agency in their own future. And so... The coaches can cry about it, you know. Doom and gloom folks can cry about it. Make a program that people want to be proud, want to be a part of, and you don't have to worry about it. It's just that simple, um, you know. If you make your place an attractive place, you're going to be fine. This idea that you know every uh, you know standout quarterback at the smaller levels are going to just go to wherever and become you know the next big thing at you know if you if you have a good quarterback at coastal carolina or byu they're just gonna go play for alabama the next year that's really not how people work you're gonna see some of that we've seen really small examples of that but that's i don't think that's going to be commonplace um, at all uh and that's just not how people work People don't want to necessarily do all that. So, well, you talk about. I'll be interested to see you what talk this about looks like in the interview. making your program a place that people want to play, and I think that's a good point. And I'm going to circle that back around to where I am right now, which is South Carolina, which just hired Shane Beamer. And mm-hmm. I think that one of the reasons that they fired Will Muschamp with three games left and really put the pedal to the metal in terms of finding a new coach was they were concerned about that. Ray Tanner said that the day after they fired Will Muschamp, he mentioned that upcoming transfer change in the transfer rule i think that there's a that there's a realization that they're going to have to make their programs as compatible and palatable as as possible for the student athletes and south carolina i think has really tried to do that before but they were really cognizant that they wanted a fun coach they used the word tremendous fun energy they one of the reasons they got shane beamer is because he checks those boxes so well and he is very aware that he's walking into a situation with a team that's won six games in the last two years that's at the moment has the worst-ranked recruiting class in the SEC, has not a great roster, but has six, seven, maybe eight guys who would be real attractive to other SEC teams who are going to get some tampering, the word that you used, and I think it's exactly right. There's going to be some of that. So mm-hmm. I think South Carolina was really wanted to get a guy – a likable guy in quickly to or, or they were afraid that they might end up being the test case for this thing and sort of the worst case scenario for this thing where a team in transition and down on its luck turns around and 12 guys are gone mm-hmm 
Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Well, on that subject, Josh, is Shane Beamer, is he 1-0 now after his, after his press conference on Monday? You wrote about that at The Athletic a little bit um, and sort of some of the main takeaways. What do you make of, of his uh, debut wearing the, uh, wearing the Gamecock logo? Totally nailed it, as I anticipated he would because he is a likable guy. He's a genuine guy, nice guy. Um, a lot, you know, kind of one of these guys that just knows everybody in college football, and I think that will serve him well as he puts together a staff, as he recruits, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I did, again, going back to these guys don't get any sympathy, so I'm, I'm, I don't feel bad at all for a guy who just signed up for a ballpark $3 million a year job. But this is the moment that he's dreamed about for his entire professional life, and, you know, he mentioned it right off the top. He says, you know, I didn't think I'd be stared into a – video screen while I'm doing it his his wife and kids weren't there they stayed back yeah. in Oklahoma so some of that pomp which is really fun to see because you just see these people realizing a lifelong dream was gone but still in, in a weird circumstance he nailed it he said all the right things he you know made the South Carolina people you know feel that he really wanted this job that he really embraced this place that this place is a place you can win he nailed it so monday was a win starting tuesday that doesn't matter now it's Mm -hmm. about actual wins and that becomes the question with shane beamer for south carolina i mean that's that's the question with everybody yeah well uh, on the subject of debut press conferences you know at least you know pomp doesn't necessarily pay the bills the check's still cash i'm told uh, direct, deposit day, direct deposit day I'll still you know still have plenty of pop. unaffected by the pandemic in many cases <laughs> uh, well Josh you've got a take for us in our Professor Ubbin segment this week what do you got alright here's where I am the Heisman Trophy and this is a, as a longtime Heisman voter and a forever purse Heisman ceremony watcher I mean I I hold the Heisman in as high esteem as anybody else. But I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated that it's become a quarterback award. We've got Kyle Trask versus Mac Jones right now, it looks to me like. Zach Wilson was in there for a minute. Justin Fields is in there. Trevor Lawrence is probably, frankly, not in there, but is the best quarterback in college football, so maybe Mm -hmm. he should be in there. But it's become a quarterback award, and there's just no room left for Devonta Smith there's no room left for a Charles Woodson Desmond Howard you know let's let's go back it was more fun to me it was more interesting when somebody other than a quarterback had a reasonable chance so my take to you my proposal to you is we have to now create a second award we have to give it the same same place on the pedestal as the Heisman we have to do this quick we just have to inject it with all the hundred years of tradition and just say this is this is the quarterback Heisman this is the non-quarterback Heisman I want two Heismans we can have we can have at the same ceremony the whole thing 
your response. I'm going to go D minus. I'm all the way out on this one because terrible. Here's the thing with the Heisman. Okay, I, I'm also a voter. I don't. I don't really watch the ceremony very much, but I have voted for a few years. You just need a more informed electorate. <laughs> that's that's what you need. Uh, does that luck. mean trimming down the list of voters, which is like 900 or something like that? I can't say that sounds like a terrible idea to me. I think a lot of people just don't pay attention. Um, and for a long time, I'd get frustrated when it was sort of the best player. If there wasn't somebody that was a standout guy, it was the best player on the best team. And I'm not sure when that switch flipped. Probably in the in the TV era, you know, the 90s or 2000s, as, as you know, more and more games got televised. It was just like the best get- player on the best team. The, the, the best test case for that was Mark Ingram in 09. I thought Ndamukong Sue was the best player in college football. Uh, I still think that uh, is the guy that teams had to, game plan around he's a guy that had a ton of impact every single game he played single-handedly won the big 12 championship and they gave it to mark ingram because he was the best player on the best team despite being not the best player in the country so all you need is an electorate that sort of doesn't look at it like that i think you have to change people's minds and and hopefully people will watch the games a little bit more you know we've got a straw poll this week i had Devonte smith on my ballot for the first time this week after watching him and seeing how much he has really um exploded since they've lost jalen waddle but i think you know i think our uh, uh john walters who does the bubble screen for us had an interesting point that i think we have to consider is you look at these quarterbacks okay you have mac jones you have kyle trask you have justin fields you have trevor lawrence lawrence aside if you look at the other three justin fields is the only quarterback on his team who is undoubtedly the best offensive player on his team trask makes it all go but but i think kyle Kyle pitts Pitts is probably a better player player. Mm -hmm. and mac jones i'm not super high on him i think he's a very good player but when Devontae smith is running 10 yards behind the defensive back that's an easy throw and Najee harris (laughs) is the second best player yes and Najee, and so it sort of is what it is so that i have not had mac jones on my ballot at any point this year that's the issue is the electorate has become i'm not gonna go sheeple on you here but i don't think that the electorate pays as much attention as i would like and that's how you sort of get into the situation because sometimes it is uh the best you know the quarterback has the best impact and and does all those things um you know lamar jackson running away from it he's a a one-man wrecking crew uh i didn't necessarily disagree with that um you know we've seen a lot of a run of quarterbacks on win this award obviously you know johnny football not the best team in college football but no question the best player well the sometimes ba- the ballot it is. says the ballot says most outstanding am i right most outstanding exactly and it has it has become something else I right think. and right um, i agree with you that and we so that's we need to circle back around to most outstanding people say you know I, I get frustrated by people who say well there's no real criteria for the heisman but i think that that word is the criteria i think that that word means something yeah. who is the guy who your eyeballs go to all the time. That's the that's the Heisman mm-hmm. Trophy winner. And maybe yeah. It's and so you know, last year, last year, uh, Chase Young had a decent uh, a decent case. Um, but that's what we need. Not a separate award that almost lessens it. We just need a situation where people can recognize that the best player is not always a quarterback. The last few years, I haven't really had a problem with it. Obviously, Joe Burrow has been, you know, 
a really special player, Derrick Henry. But I'm looking at it right now. The quarter run of quarterbacks since two since Mark Ingram won in 2009. Been one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine out of the last ten have been quarterbacks. We can you know there's some qualms with some of those, some of those not as much. But I think oh, that's what you need is a a more informed electorate, not a separate award. Good. Pay attention to the games. I, I would I would point out that my my proposal of creating a second trophy is much more realistic than improving the collective intelligence of human beings. But I'll leave it. I'm there. an we idealist at heart. We don't though. need to I'm go down that road. <laughs> I listen. Last year, I really liked Bruce's contrarian vote of Penny Sewell, which sort of tapped into some of that uh the the Oregon uh, left tackle who you read anything about how good this dude is I mean most outstanding is a, that's a fair point usually when I vote I go one two and then usually I use my third place vote on somebody that deserves more love that isn't getting any last year I use it on Lynn Bowden I did vote for Burrow last year um but I, I you know th- that I don't disagree with you that I might be being a bit idealistic but I don't think that your second award is going to fix it. I think you just – I wish people would pay attention, and maybe that means cutting the number of Heisen voters down because there's a lot. I look forward to, I look forward to your first-place Jarrett Patterson vote this year. <laughs> don't put that evil on me. Don't put that evil on me. I don't think I can do that. Uh, well, thank you, Josh. Thank you, listeners, for, for uh, checking in on one more episode. Of Football and Grits, the Athletics SEC Football Podcast. That will do it for our Wednesday show. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for listening. Without you guys, it's not possible. Leave us a review. Uh, subscribe. Leave us a, a rating. It only helps the show. And tune in for the rest of the week. I'll be here tomorrow again with Mitch Light looking at the SEC's schedule. And Josh will, of course, be part of our college football coverage across the country. Uh, we've got this sport covered. We have like a hundred people covering college football. Uh, nobody's got a better team than us. I might be biased, but I think it's true. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you guys again on Thursday.